This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee. Today's podcast has a bit of a celebrity feel to it, starting off with Britney Spears. Congressman Charlie Crist has filed a bill that would give new legal rights to people who end up having their lives controlled by a court-ordered guardian or conservatorship, and he has a Republican co-sponsor. This is really not a right versus left issue. This is a right versus wrong issue. Uh, And far too many times these things go wrong. Uh, This bill, this legislation will give the individual the opportunity to petition that court to make sure that right prevails. Brittany's court battle against her dad inspired the free bill, and it would affect more than a million Americans. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are honored at the White House for winning the Super Bowl. But President Biden says this goes far beyond what they did on the football field. Your team stepped off off the field, too donating millions of meals to families in need, helping Americans exercise their sacred right to vote, including at the Raymond James Stadium. Your stadium also became a a, a lifeline for families in Tampa Bay this spring, administering nearly 200,000 vaccine shots. And y'all who don't have a shot, man, get one, okay? Amen. Get Get one, get one. The president dropped a couple of jokes, but Bucks quarterback Tom Brady had the best lines, as you'll hear. On today's Sunrise Soapbox, State Representative Dottie Joseph talks about voter suppression in the Florida legislature. Jumping on the big lie bandwagon, Florida Republicans forced through voter suppression legislation to make it harder for eligible voters to lawfully cast their ballot. I do not want the United States to turn into some bootleg banana republic um, that these people are trying to make it in this fleeting attempt to hold on to power that they no longer have. A state senator who serves as chairman of the Florida GOP is investigated over allegations of sexually harassing a male aide. The party has apparently concluded it did not happen. We'll also have your political calendar of events and the story of a Florida man who's been ordered not to toot his own horn at least not on Fort Myers Beach. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Wednesday, July 21st. This is National Junk Food Day, National Hot Dog Day, and National Be Someone Day. On this date in 1853, the New York legislature designated 750 acres of land in Manhattan as Central Park. In doing so, they destroyed Seneca Village, the very first free black community in the state. In 1925, Tennessee teacher John Scopes was convicted of teaching evolution in what came to be known as the Scopes Monkey Trial. He was fined $100. In 1938, Janet Reno was born in Miami. She became the first woman to serve as U.S. Attorney General and passed in 2016. And on this date in 1957, Florida A&M grad Althea Gibson became the first black to win a major U.S. tennis tournament. The Commander-in-Chief honors the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. President Joe Biden welcomed the Bucs to the White House Tuesday, where he congratulated them for winning the NFL title and keeping America entertained during some of the worst days of the COVID crisis. This, this Buccaneer team is a testament to the fact that it's never too late to come together and achieve extraordinary things. Three-quarters of the way through the season, they found themselves in the middle of the pack. Seven wins and five losses. But this is a team that didn't fold and always got up, dug deep. They won their last four games of the season and then stormed through the playoffs, winning on the road in Washington, New Orleans, and Green Bay, and capping it all off back home in Tampa to become the first team to win the Super Bowl on their home turf and a decisive victory against the defending champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, it's an incredible run by one of the most well-rounded teams in recent memory. You guys did it the hard way, and I hope you all know 
just how important it was for after such a tough year for the nation. In the middle of a long, dark winter, every Sunday, people were able to sit down and watch you play. You created memories that helped folks make it through uh, and believe that we could get back to normal again. Your team stepped off, off the field, too, donating millions of meals to families in need, helping Americans exercise their sacred right to vote, including at the Raymond James Stadium. Your stadium also became a, a, a lifeline for families in Tampa Bay this spring, administering nearly 200,000 vaccine shots. And y'all who don't have a shot, man, get one, okay? Amen. Get one, get one. Get one. And you're saving lives, helping us get back our lives and our loved ones. And I want to thank the NFL for setting strong vaccination goals so fans can go see a game without becoming a super spreader event. Getting vaccinated is about staying healthy and understanding that no one is invincible, even if you are young and you're fit. It's about looking out for those in the frontline workers out there, like the ones that the team played in front of in the, on Super Bowl Sunday. Those workers remind us of the quintessential lesson about sports in America itself, that no matter how much and how many times we get knocked down, we always get up. We come back. We come back stronger together and achieve incredible things, just like your team did, just like we're doing as a country. Bucks quarterback Tom Brady delivered the best lines of the event, joking with Biden about the Sleepy Joe slur used by the former president and the number of people who still believe in Trump's big lie. Sports has an amazing way of bringing people together. If you look at us, we're all a little bit different ages. I'm a little older than most of them. Uh, but we come from a lot of different places across the country, a lot of different schools, a lot of different backgrounds. But uh, we love each other. We're committed to one another. Um, and when you do that, amazing things happen. And um, these guys are an amazing group of men. Um, it didn't look great there at one point. We were 7-5, and five, struggling a little bit, um, as the president alluded to. Um, but we found our rhythm. We got on a roll. Not a lot of people, uh, you know, think that we could have won. And um, in fact, I think about 40 percent of the people still don't think we won. I understand. That. You understand that, Mr. President? I understand that. Yeah. And personally, you know, it's nice for me to be back here. We had a game in Chicago where I forgot what down it was. I lost track of one down in 21 years of playing. And they started calling me Sleepy Tom. <laughs> Why would they do that to me? <laughs> so uh, it's great to be, you know, we're on the eve of football season. We start uh, tomorrow practice and we're going to do everything we can to work to achieve another one of those Lombardi trophies. Um, it's a different group of men. It'll be a different challenge, but we're excited for it. We're excited for the opportunity to compete and work hard and um, show everyone what we're made of. Brady skipped the White House ceremony the last time he won a Super Bowl ring during the Trump era. Florida Congressman Charlie Crist joins the Free Britney movement. He's one of the prime sponsors of FREE, the Freedom and Right to Emancipate from Exploitation Act. It would protect people under legal guardianships and conservatorships from abuse and exploitation. And those of you involved in uh, the Free Britney movement, uh, God bless you for your efforts and your, and your concern uh, and your compassion for her and, and her situation. Uh, it has brought so much more light to what probably millions of people experience across the United States every day with a conservatorship or a guardianship. Uh, and I think the main point of this is just to give some balance and so that the individual will have uh, rights that are respected, uh, that respect their dignity uh, and give them the opportunity to be freed from abuse um, and other difficult circumstances by being able to simply petition the court 
uh, for that opportunity to have a guardianship or conservatorship uh, that is under a public uh, arena instead of in the private sector so that you have more transparency, revealing of financial uh, potential conflicts, uh, just brings more goodness to the whole process, frankly. Uh, and I think that's really what it's all about. And the fact that uh, we have a, a Democrat and a Republican doing this in concert in Congress today, pretty extraordinary. We don't see enough of that. And that's why I want to thank Nancy so much for her willingness to, to be a leader on this. Um, I think it sends a powerful message to the country uh, that, in fact, Republicans and Democrats can work together uh, to try to do what's right. As I've said to her before, this is really not a right versus left issue. This is a right versus wrong issue. Uh, and far too many times these things go wrong. Uh, this bill, this legislation will give the individual the opportunity to petition that court to make sure that right prevails. The FREE Act is co-sponsored by South Carolina Republican Nancy Mace, who says the problem existed for years, but no one paid much attention until pop star Britney Spears went public and sued her father to challenge a conservatorship that was imposed on her by courts. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. This is an American issue. This is a human rights issue. And I want to thank Britney Spears, too, for her courage when she had her hearing and got to the microphone and told her story. This is a woman who's been working almost every year that she's been in a conservatorship and the abuses uh, that she detailed within her conservatorship. And there've been abuses in these situations long before she ever topped the charts. But what she had an opportunity to do is bring to light, to shine a light on those abuses with everyday Americans. And her situation is a nightmare. And if it can happen to Britney Spears, it can happen to anyone in this country. There are approximately 1.3 million people in conservatorships. We know that on the onset, they're meant to be to do uh, to do good and not do harm. But in some cases, like in her case and many others across the country, abuses do happen. The system is not perfect. And this is one small step in the right to in the right direction to work together and to do a better job for those individuals in conservatorships. And one of the, the stories that I heard when she was detailing the horrors of her conservatorship, and I'm a young, uh, I'm a mom of two young kids, I'm a single mom, but the IUD, they made her place inside her body. That's a human rights abuse. Those are things that we see going on in communist China. Those are not things we should be seeing here in the United States. Cassandra Dumas runs a group called Free Britney America, and she says it's about time Congress did something to protect the more than one million Americans living under a conservatorship or guardianship. For Britney Spears and others, the conservatorship system is an instrument of control and abuse. Until today, there has been no major reform to the conservatorship system and no federal oversight. The system has perpetuated not just by familial greed against families, but a highly organized business where misuse power and authority denigrates the people it's supposed to help. Without federal action, this system deprecates and endangers our democratic processes and constitutional rights. My team and I are hopeful that the federal government through this proposed legislation will give conservatives their voice back, that they will be using their legislative power as the preeminent law of the land to make life-changing policies that will affect millions of Americans today and in the future. The work of Congressman Christ and Congresswoman Mace on this bill will look to re-examine and prevent the gross misjustices relegated to disadvantaged people in a legal loophole. 
by ensuring conservatives are covered under the 14th Amendment in their due process rights. The federal government will have better data and statistics around the number of people in conservatorships, the length of time, and last, but certainly not least important, the total of assets. We hope this provides accountability and protection against abuses. We hope that by having oversight and a rigorous process from the beginning, that conservatorships will only be used in a last case scenario. The FREE Act would allow a person under legal guardianship or conservatorship the right to petition the court to have their court-appointed guardian replaced with a public guardian. The bill would also guarantee that people are assigned an independent caseworker and that caseworkers and public guardians disclose their finances to ensure there's no conflict of interest. Sarasota State Senator and Republican Party of Florida Chairman Joe Gruters is denying knowledge of allegations that he sexually harassed a legislative staffer. A report by Politico says the matter came up during the recent session after a male aide offered to drive Gruters home from a bar. My colleague at Florida Politics, Jacob Ogles, reports that three sources close to Gruters confirm a complaint was filed in January, but said an investigation was closed in March, which did not confirm any wrongdoing on his part. Today on the Sunrise Soapbox, State Representative Dottie Joseph of North Miami talks about the Florida legislature's efforts to suppress the vote and how to respond. She says Republicans who control the legislature are part of a nationwide effort to undermine confidence in elections, all in service of Donald Trump's big lie. The Florida 2020 elections were lauded by both our Republican governor and the former occupant of the White House as the gold standard uh, and one of the smoothest elections we've had in our state's history. Yet, jumping on the big lie bandwagon, Florida Republicans forced through voter suppression legislation to make it harder for eligible voters to lawfully cast their ballot. Ironically, the bill did nothing to address the only case of voter fraud for which there has been an actual indictment, specifically one involving a Republican who paid a candidate to run against a Democratic incumbent, and he had a similar name. Their law does nothing to address actual voter fraud because they don't actually care about that. Instead of addressing actual voter fraud, they enacted legislation to make it harder for both Democrats and Republicans to exercise their right to vote, from decreasing access to drop boxes to making it harder to vote by mail, both measures of which were used at an unprecedented level in the last election, and empowered voters to safely and conveniently cast their vote. They made it harder to register and educate voters, um, to support voters in line, whether to give them water or to give them information. Um, and while Democrats and Republicans voted to give returning citizens the right to vote once they've served their time in prison, Republicans went in and enacted legislation to require fines and fees be paid before um, these people could register to vote. To put this in context, in the entire United States, of the people who cannot vote because of a criminal record, over 24% of them reside in the state of Florida. That's over a quarter of the entire United States. If that's not a 14th equal protection violation, I don't know what is. I was born in Haiti. And I come from a state with a significant number of immigrants, including Cubans and others who have fled from regimes and countries in search of freedom and opportunity. Key among that freedom, libertad, liberté, is being able to exercise your right to vote. If you've been paying attention, these are the same cries that we hear in these other countries, which we're hearing now. When you have people 
charging and storming our nation's capital with insurrection, it's the same foolish overthrowing things that we see in these other countries. I do not want the United States to turn into some bootleg banana republic um, that these people are trying to make it in this fleeting attempt to hold on to power that they no longer have. Restricting voter access along with disinformation are the hallmarks of dictatorships and autocratic regimes. We cannot let our democracy die. It's up to us. We need to stay there and fight to preserve our democracy, which in this case also means abolishing the filibuster so that we can enact legislation to preserve our right to vote. We are in the fight of our lives, people. Think of any issue you care about, literally anyone, Black Lives Matter, immigration reform, anything, affordable housing, affordable health care, all of those issues are on the line when we talk about elections. We need the right people in office. We need them making the decisions for us so that our issues go from being in the back burner to the front burner and past the filibuster. Representative Joseph was one of the guests in a roundtable discussion hosted by the Center for American Progress Action Fund, which is pushing back against GOP voter suppression bills nationwide. At last count, there were almost 400 bills that had been introduced in 48 different states to impose new limits on voting rights. So much for local control of local schools. The Hillsborough County School Board has reversed its decision not to renew contracts for four charter schools after state officials threatened to withhold almost a billion dollars in funding. The school board held a special meeting Tuesday and voted to renew the four contracts after all. That reversal came after State Education Commissioner Richard Corcoran last week demanded during a meeting of the State Board of Education that the Hillsborough Board approve the contracts or risk losing funding. You need to follow the law and, and approve these schools. And we're giving them 10 additional days. If that doesn't happen, we will um, obviously have recommendations not only to um, back to you guys to what those consequences may be, but also to the legislature and the governor. An attorney for the Hillsborough School Board says the threatened funding cuts would have amounted to $950 million. Your calendar today starts at 8 with a meeting of the trustees at Miami-Dade College. The Florida Chamber Foundation starts its annual Environmental Permitting Summer School at 8 on Marco Island. The Florida Commission on Offender Review meets at 9. The Social Services Estimating Conference meets at 9 to analyze caseloads in kid care. The trustees of North Florida College hold a workshop at 9 in Madison. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission meets at 9.30. The East Central Florida Regional Planning Council meets at 10.30 in Orlando. And the Revenue Estimating Conference meets at 2. Finally today, a Florida man with a passion for music has been told he can't play his tuba on Fort Myers Beach anymore. Derek Nangle is a music therapy major at Florida Gulf Coast University and has spent the past year serenading on the sand with his vintage 1929 tuba. Earlier this month, he was confronted by the beach patrol and they ordered him to stop. The town manager says Nangle was violating their local entertainer's ordinance and if he wanted to keep playing, he would need a permit as well as insurance and he'd have to get rid of the sign he wears asking for donations. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg in Tallahassee, inviting you to join us again tomorrow as we plumb the depths of Florida politics.